about risking change. Risking change tonight. Amen. What God is doing is going to require some of that flexibility. You don't put new wine in old bottles, the Lord said. Because those old skins are stretched. They're, they're, they're not flexible. They're not stretchable. You want God to do a new thing, you've got to be willing to stretch a little bit. And the Lord is doing new things. Amen. But it's the nature of the beast and every one of us. We just, we, we like things the way they are. We, we resist change. There's something about the familiar that just kind of draws us, you know. Like a magnet. Amen. Hey, listen, there, there's a lot of folks that would rather stay the same and suffer than to, than to risk change and get deliverance. That's the truth whether you amen it or not. I'm telling you. Amen. Amen. We're creatures of habit. Some of y'all, you, you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out here a little bit on a limb right now. I, I just imagine you probably drive the same route to work every day. <laughs> that you, you just, you go the same way every day. And sometimes even when we know it's God who's trying to push us out of our comfort zone and and break us away somewhat from the familiar for some kind of new adventure, something God wants to do. We break out in a rash. It scares us half to death. It it, it terrifies us because we we're just so uh, we're just so so much a creature of habit. And I'm going to tell you something. God's getting ready to do some things that's going to blow some minds around here. Amen. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. And we're gonna we're gonna see God do. Those things. Praise God. I'll be reading from, ex, uh, from, from Exodus and Numbers here at different times tonight, but I'm going to read several verses of Scripture. You remember how that God brought Israel out of Egypt. Say amen. 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 Everybody say amen. amen. One mind, one accord, right? God, God broke the yoke of bondage that they had been in for 400 years. I noticed a little link here between this and Christmas the coming of Christ there were 400 years of silence between the last word that the prophet Malachi breathed and the coming of John the Baptist and a prophet of God right? they were 400 years plus actually in slavery and God brings them out. And it was miraculous, God's deliverance. He promised them a new land. Remember Canaan land? I'm going to give you a land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. A place they could call their own. But they were barely out of the sight of Egypt when they were already about ready instead of having unity to mutiny 
against their leader, Moses. And in Numbers chapter 11 and verse 20, there, you know, they were, they had been eating manna and they were complaining. It said, but for a whole month until it comes out your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you because you have despised the Lord who's among you and have wept before him saying, why did we ever come out of Egypt? Can you imagine that? They were slaves and they've been delivered. They were mistreated. They were not compensated. They were abused. They were treated like less than human. Every bit of hope had been sucked out of them. And God brings them out. And they witness miraculous things like the Red Sea opening up and all of that. And after all of that, because they don't like eating the same thing every day, they're saying, why did we ever come up out of Egypt? And then just a little later, found in Numbers chapter 14, verse 1, all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept that night. All the people of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said, if only we had died in the land of Egypt or if only we had died in the wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Now, who was that? Was that a bunch of ill-treated, forgotten wonders uh, who had been abandoned out there and left to die? No. Those are the word of folks that had been delivered by the mighty arm of God. Amen. That, those are the words of people that have been delivered from bondage, miraculously protected. They had been fed. They had been securely led along the journey. Divinely fed, I should say. These are the people of the Exodus. And yet they are saying, Just give us the flesh pots of Egypt. Why? Because the first time we run into a test, a lot of times we are tempted to return. We are tempted to retreat. Moses had led them out by God's hand and they had escaped from Pharaoh's rule. And now here, obviously it is God that had done it. And, and, and Moses himself declares, Exodus 13 and 3, and Moses said to the people, remember this day in which you went out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of the hand, strength of hand, the Lord brought you out of this place. I mean, okay. So here's God. Can you imagine? The Red Sea opens up. They're led by a pillar of fire by night and cloud by day. What 
water comes out of a rock, bread, manna falls from heaven right. in the wilderness. I mean, it's miracle after miracle. And, 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 and Moses tells him, you know, uh, look here. You see that water split? Remember this day. Don't forget this day. God promised that He would bring them out and He would bring them through to the promised land. But little did they realize that they were going to be challenged and they were going to be stretched like never had they been in their lives. And so this is what happens when God wants to take us into the promises. We get stretched a little bit. Can somebody say amen that believes that? This predictable business of, the, of just routine business as usual and all of that, that, that it, it gets disrupted. Somebody say amen. amen. When, when it, I, I mean, it, it, we get discomforted kind of like. We get, we get out of sorts sometimes because things aren't the way they've always been and things are happening and all of that. It forces us out of our comfort zone sometimes. But these tests sometimes are designed by God to force us to drop our defenses and our guard and let God be our God. I mean, sometimes we want to fix everything. We want to, we want to make this work and we want to make that work and we'll just die trying. Amen. And the Lord the whole time is waiting there saying, I wish you'd let me handle this. Amen. So, um, just, just a little quick trip through the wilderness here tonight. The Lord leads them out. Exodus chapter 13. Here's one place the Lord will test you at. Came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines. Why did it say that? Obviously, the way of the land of the Philistines must have been the natural route. It was the quickest. It was the easiest. That's the way everybody went from Egypt to Canaan was by the way of the land of the Philistines. But it said, it came to pass, Pharaoh let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near for God's sake. I'm going to summarize for you. I got a better plan. Right. It didn't look better to anybody who was following GPS or had gotten their map out the night before. Something ain't right here. I think we're going the wrong direction, Moses. But God did not lead them out by the way of the Philistines. That had to be unexpected. That had to come as a shock to them. But the Lord will test you at times by unexpected surprises that come your way. Anybody ever had one of those kind of unexpected surprises in your life? Uh, hey, God sometimes will test us like that. He'll cause us to, to just go a different route and God leads us that way. And we wasn't planning on that. We wasn't expecting that. And, and, but that's the way it is. Amen. It, and, and look, it, it might not look good to us at the moment. We might not understand why, but God had an awesome plan, amen, by which He was going to destroy 
those armies of the Philistines. And this is the way that they needed to go. Amen. And so that's exactly what they did. That's exactly the way that they went. Amen. But listen, there may be somebody here that God's leading you away from the familiar you know, path and the familiar turf and all of that. And you may feel like, man, this I wasn't expecting to go on a wilderness journey. But there's nothing to fear as long as you know that God is leading you because He's a God who knows how to handle surprises. Yes, amen. amen? Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. That's, that's... All right. Exodus chapter 14 and verse 9. They got as far as the sea coming out. And naturally, they're forced to stop and wait for what's the next move going to be here. Moses, here we are. And that was a scary scene, especially when they saw the cloud of dust of Pharaoh's horses and chariots and all of that coming toward them from behind them. Right? And you remember that behind them is the Egyptians to the north of them is a range of mountains. To the south is a desert. And in front of them is this large body of wet water. There's no going that direction it would appear. Amen. And fear begins to set in. And when fear sets in, faith exits. What are they going to do? What are we going to do about this, Moses? They was not expecting and they was not wanting to deal with those kind of fears. I don't know about you, but if I'm on the run from something I think is going to get me, I don't want to go down a dead end road. I'm hoping this ain't a cul-de-sac. Because <laughs> I, I, I want to pedal to the metal. I want to go as fast as I can. But God lets them get cornered. And, and fear naturally kind of come up in them. And they didn't want to have to deal with that kind of fear. And, but Moses spoke to the issue in chapter 14, verse 13. He said, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Sometimes God has to get you in a place that brings on some unexpected fears to get deliverance for you. Complete deliverance. The Lord will fight for you. He said, you shall hold your peace. Somebody's got to hold your peace tonight. Listen to me. Somebody's got to hold your peace tonight. Amen. There's a lot you can say. Just hold your peace. Yes. All right. There's a lot of actions you can make. You, you can make, but just, just hold your peace tonight. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide the children of Israel. Go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Can you imagine that very moment? The Lord's told him that. He's looking out there at the waves lapping up there. He's looking out there. And you can't like see the other side. It's, it's not like Norfolk. This is a, this is a large sea. And, 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 and the Lord said, don't be afraid. I ain't crying. Just stretch out your rod. And the children of Israel are going to walk through on dry ground. Okay. 
if I could even stretch my mind to imagine that the water would somehow split, I still could have never imagined it would have been dry ground. And right now, it's still the body of water. Still, there's no split in the water. Still, there's nothing that's happened. And he's, he, God said, don't, don't worry about nothing. Just stretch it right out of there. You're going to walk through on dry ground. Is God telling you anything tonight that looks impossible? It, it looks like it, it wouldn't, not even a miracle would do that. that that's just beyond, beyond possibility. I am telling you that if you hear the voice of God, amen, don't let fear overcome your faith tonight. Brother March preached about it here a while back. Amen. Don't let fear overcome your faith. All you need to do is trust God yeah. and obey God. Amen. And the Lord says, And then shall the Egyptians know that I am the Lord. Right. <laughs> when I've gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Verse 21, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong wind. All that night made the sea into a dry land and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went in the midst of the sea on the dry ground. It just keeps repeating that for us. It wants us to know it was dry ground. Hmm. Well, if we... If we built a dam, if we brought in the CDs, if we brought in the engineers, and we built a dam, and we had power to get it done tonight, it still wouldn't be dry. Right, That's right. But the scripture just keeps emphasizing that. It was dry ground. It's like there had never been water there. They were walking through like on sand. They were walking through like it was just... It, it was just good old northeast Arkansas soil out there or something. And, and, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. That's exactly what happened. And once they got across that sea, God took care of that enemy that was behind them. And any worries that they might ever have about Egypt ever coming back after them was taken care of. That very night, the Lord did it. The Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters come back upon the Egyptians and on their chariots and on their horsemen. And he did just that. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the army of Pharaoh that came in the sea after them. Not so much as one of them remained. Not one swam to safety. Not one got out of there. In fact, that dry ground turned to muddy ground and, and their, their, their uh, chariot wheels were getting stuck and the wheels were coming off. Amen. I am telling you, God can give you dry ground. God can take something that ought to take a hundred years and he can do it in one day. God can take something that even if you tried to figure out how God might do it, you'd see it taking, you'd see it taking six months and God can do it in one night. That's the God that we serve. Did they learn their lesson? No. <laughs> I'm telling you, God had the bases covered though. He took care of everything. But when unexpected fears come, sometimes it's a sound, it's time to sound retreat. You know what I'm preaching about here tonight? Amen. God's told this church two years ago, move forward. Yes. Huh? Right. 
and then we felt it this year. You've got momentum. Yes. Work with the Lord. Amen. David, amen. You, you just wait and hang out right here with the army until you hear the sound of the going, of the marching of the Lord's host, an army of the Lord in the treetops. When you hear that sound, then you go and attack. And there was an army of the Lord's host that attacked, and they won the victory. They won the battle that day. And God's telling us, go forward. Amen. Momentum is not quit going forward. Momentum is go faster. Go more. Amen. Because there's something moving. Something's yeah. happening now. Amen. But what I'm trying to do tonight is to is to just deal with some issues that can cause us to sound retreat. I'm dealing with some issues here tonight that can cause us to put the brakes on. I, it's not time at the end of 2019 to put the brakes on. It's time right now, amen, to put the pedal to the metal and trust God. He's getting us through this thing and He's going to do everything He said He would do. The promises of God are yea. Hallelujah. So they've gone on a little while longer. In fact, it's been a lot longer. They've been on a long trip. They're nearing their destination. But again, they start doing what comes natural, longing for the familiar. Numbers 11 and 1. Now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, for the Lord heard it and His anger was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed, consumed some on the outskirts of the camp. The people cried out to Moses. And Moses prayed to the Lord. The fire was quenched. So they named the place to bear because the fire of the Lord had burned among them. The mixed multitude yielded to intense cravings. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish that we ate freely in Egypt. That's back there, remember. We're moving forward, right? The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. There's nothing at all except the manna before our eyes. <laughs> we ain't got nothing but manna. Divine bread. And they're saying we don't have anything but manna. All right, I'm going to deal with something right here. For you to desire divine bread... You've got to get a heavenly appetite. Amen. All right. Amen. Do you think the world out there just instinctively likes all this? God will give us an appetite for heavenly things. If we will respond to that, the Lord will cause us to love. But when we get looking backwards, when we begin to, to just, just yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm gonna slow down a little bit. I, I don't know about prayer. I, I, you know, we, we that was last year. We we did that. It was good. We enjoyed that last year. But I just want to slip back into the routine. Uh, and and folks outside there look, oh, Lord, I'm supposed to go to church all the time. I don't know if I can do that or not. But they don't understand. God's given us a heavenly appetite. That's right. Amen. Ooh, go there. Praise God. You get to looking and, and, and 
looking back to Egypt and thinking about the flesh pots and thinking about the onions and the leeks and the garlic, all this. Man, they had a salad bar back there in Egypt. We, we had all the fixings, all the trimmings back there in Egypt. Everything we wanted. We could have something different every day. Amen. They were remembering, you know, the Nile River Valley. It was a fertile valley. It grew all kinds of crops and things. They, they had a buffet to eat from. And now all they're eating is water that comes out this rock and manna that falls from heaven above. So what did they do? I just imagine, Sister Shelton, they boiled it, they baked it, they sliced it, they ground it up, made stuff out of it. Anything they could do, they did it. Probably tried to make a pie out of it. Manna dumplings. Hello? Yeah? They, they, they ever which way you could make it. Amen. Uh, Miss Moses had a best-selling book, Thousand and One Ways to Fix Manna. The dinner bell ring. Nobody come in and said, well, what are we having for dinner today? It was, how did you fix it today? <laughs> how did you fix it today? Egypt was looking better and better the further they got from Egypt. The Canaan land began to lose its luster. Amen. That's one of the tests, folks. Amen. you got to get a heavenly appetite. Amen. I don't know about you, but I love to get in that secret place with the Lord. I love it when we get just fired up in worship and something begins to take over and all of a sudden I can't just sing. I got to dance a little bit. Yeah. I love it when, when, when the praise singers get inspired and, and, and the, the musicians get, get inspired and all of a sudden, amen, all of a sudden before the preacher can say, let's sing this, they start off on another song and here we go, amen, praising God. Somebody gets in the aisle, somebody gets, get, gets down in front of the altar area, praise God, they just can't be seated, they can't be still, amen. Sister Emma got out in the aisle this morning, she said, I can't stay put, I gotta have some room. I want some more. Would you give me another helping? Amen. You're not sitting there looking, well, I could be home watching football. And then Moses becomes a target. The people's frustrations, they, they begin to turn on him. They're not thankful for what God's done. Amen. Two men remained in the camp, Numbers 11, 26. Name one was Eldad, the other, me dad. The people had been just mean-spirited toward Moses. The Lord told Moses, I'll tell you what here. I know you got heavy burden. I know you got to get them elders together. Take them to the house of God. I'm going to tell you, you start getting discouraged, the best thing you can do is come to the house of God. Amen. That's right. The best defense against discouragement, be faithful. And get the elders together. The Spirit of God said, I'm going to take some of the Spirit that's resting on you and I'm going to put it on them. Yeah. And uh, they're going to help carry the load, carry the burden. Amen. And so here, 
and, and, but then two of the men, when they go back to the camp, reports come back to Moses. These two men are out there. They're prophesying. They're out there in the camp, just out in the camp, prophesying to people. Moses, what are we going to do about that? I mean, we're supposed to hear from God through you. Here's these two guys out there, man, they're prophesying. Moses said, you leave them alone. Don't you worry about it. Moses didn't feel threatened. Moses wasn't worried about it. Why? Because God had put some inner strength in him. Uh, when he was being attacked, when he became the target, he was everybody with the bullseye on everybody's dartboard. They were throwing darts at him as fast as they could. They were trying to take him down and destroy him and pin everything that had gone wrong on Moses. And here Moses was just trying to be out front and be the leader and do what God called him to do. And, and, and so in the midst of all of that, these things happened. And, and Moses then hears that there's someone else out in the camp that's saying what God's saying and everything. Moses, what are you going to do about it, Moses? Moses, just leave him alone. Leave him alone. <laughs> they told him. And he said, Are you zealous for the Lord's sake? Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. And Moses went back to the camp and the elders of Israel too. What, what happened? Moses said, Don't you worry about a thing. God's got this. Amen. Amen. Don't you worry. He didn't feel threatened. Praise God. Then Moses accused of other things. Aaron spoke against Moses because the Ethiopian woman who he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Verse 2, so they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Amen. That's the thing about being a leader. You can be on the king of the hill one moment and the target... Everybody shooting at the next moment. Amen. Amen. But when the leader gets under attack, it's tempting to get out the map and start planning a retreat. I'm not talking about going to Branson, folks. Woo! <laughs> it's tempting. It's tempting sometimes. Amen. It's tempting for the leader. To just let things bog him down and get involved in this little tit for tat and that little thing here and that little thing there. Amen. But God said, no, that's not what you need to do, Moses. Amen. Just 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 go back. Go back to the tent. Go back to the house of God. Go back. Amen, Moses. And there were a bunch of elders that said, we're going with you, Moses. Amen. God's got this thing. It's going to be okay. The Lord give him some inner braces for outside pressures. And the Lord took care of him. And he'll do the same for us. And lastly... Lastly, by the time they got to the promised land, Canaan, which was their destination. And it's like, man, this is the final shoe drops here when those spies go in the land. Ten of them come back and they're standing there holding. They're standing there holding the evidence. This is what... God was leading us to. Right. It's, it's kind of like holding up. I'm going to pick up some, some grapes here. You can't see them, but I'm going to tell you about them. Man, them two in that prairie. Oh, yeah. Mercy. Three years ago, Pastor thought, you know, we call prayer meeting. Five people would show up, and, and, and that'd be the first night. The second night, it'd be two. 
grabs my hands, folks. That's right. Yeah. I want to get. To, I want you to see another picture because sometimes we lose the geography of things a little bit. When they're saying, when they're saying. Did you bring us out here because there weren't any graves in Egypt? They are standing under a pillar of cloud of God's presence. Right. Did you ever stop thinking about that? Right. Sometimes we just read, you know, what they're saying. We don't get the picture. They're standing, maybe it was not, they're standing underneath a burning fire above them of God's presence. That in the cold desert nights, they feel the warmth of that. Right. And God leads them around. And when the firemen, they get up and make them, they pack up their tent, they, they follow the fire. God is leading them. There's a cloud of them. There's either a pillar of fire or a pillar of cloud over them. And they're standing there saying, did you bring us out here? Because there weren't any graves in Egypt. Come on. God is leading this, folks. Yes, he is. God has appointed this thing. God has set the timing. God has put it all into play and into operation. And we are seeing the mighty hand of God at work. That's right. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I, I know it's December. We got family things going on. We got a bunch of folks out tonight. Amen. Here and there, different things. But listen to me. I wish everybody, wish everybody would hear this. Yeah, hallelujah. Whatever it is that the devil tries to slip in there and say, yeah, listen. Why even bother? It probably ain't going nowhere. We'll come up with another theme for next year. Folks get excited a little bit. We make progress. We make massive progress. Yes, Lord. And God said, you make progress, but I'm about to multiply. That's right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it was a prophetic word from God. I'm about to multiply. Right. God does not end. He multiplies. That's right. That's what you're about to see. Amen. Are you going to stand under the cloud, under the fire of what God is doing and what God is speaking Amen. And get caught up and complaining about onions. Come on. I, I can care less about onions. I can care less about leeks. I don't even know what flesh pots of Egypt are tonight. But I know this thing. It was back in Egypt and we ain't That's right. We ain't going back. There's one direction for us. Good following the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> 
when you can't find a place to park. Oh, my goodness. Look what the Lord has done. Yeah. Amen. But if you're in the wilderness tonight, you just remember what's over your head.